Welcome to the Creativity Reflections podcast, a podcast all about your creative expression. I'm your host, Hannah Fitzgibbon, creativity coach, and I'm here to help unblock your creativity. Hi, welcome to the Creativity Reflections podcast. Today, my guest, Paul Socket, is talking about his transition. He's been an actor for 15 years and with the state of the world and the way things are changing, it's really shaken up his curiosity. We talk a lot about what's come up for him, what he's learning in this very wonderful creative life he's living. And we learn about what it means to tell your story. So excited to share this with you. Hi, Paul. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so super excited and I'm sure people are going to tell really quickly that this is my very first interview (laughs) and I'm excited for all the things I'm going to learn and I'm also excited for it to possibly be an epic failure that I can look back on and compare my growth later and it is with that mindset that I'm starting. But I would love to hear about you. Ken Robinson, he talks about intelligence and and creativity and he says, it's not how intelligent are you, it's how are you intelligent? And that also makes me think about creativity. And so I want to bring this question in, how are you creative? In this moment, ask me tomorrow and this might be different or more developed or whatever, but in this moment, I am creative on a human level and I'm creative on a professional level and I think the difference is important so for example I've I've told you and you've told me multiple examples of our life just in this conversation and that requires creativity so in that way I'm creative by being a storyteller and telling my story as it stands as Paul Socket with my 37 years of life experience and conditioning and BS and practicing and falling and getting up again and trying and feeling that things were too hard and just, you know, all of the things, the whole, running the whole gamut of everything. I am creative on a professional level because someone will basically commission me to, if, if doing a, a theatre show, is example someone is basically going to commission me to create a person that is going to tell the story of that person on a stage in a certain place at a certain time for whoever turns up there is a bleeding of the two because i am not able to create someone else without my narrative running through it uh, so I'm, I've been an actor for 15 years. I have uh, been a creator for longer. And with the pandemic being what it is, I am having to explore where my creativity can lead me to both earn money, which is important for looking after my basic human needs and any desires I have that that feed off there. Um, And for fulfilling myself, for that desire to be on camera, to help guide 
groups or individuals in various directions. So I'm very interested in energy and I'm very interested in um, how we can streamline our lives, which doesn't mean sacrifice, but it means realigning with what brings us joy and makes us feel light. Yeah. And it sounds to me like this is a really interesting phase of transition for you and you're starting to open up and pay attention to other things that draw your curiosity and you're allowed to explore that. Like I use the term have to look at other ways, which of course is the reality, but there's also this element of get to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a real opening up. Um, and, and I have to, I have to say, I'm, I'm grateful for the privilege that I have to be able to do that. My financial outgoings are considerably less than a lot of other people's. I'm um, uh, location independent. So uh, that means that I don't necessarily have a set outgoing on mortgage, bills, um, you know, my, my food budget changes from month to month or sometimes week to week. And so there is a lot more uh, flexibility around how I navigate that space. Mm. Um, and the pressure feels much less with regards to the have-to of earning mm. money. Saying that, there is also the space for asking the questions of, firstly, what are the outgoings that I have? And then asking why we have chosen those outgoings because then we land in the space of choice and consciousness and presence. And we get to check in with our stories, which all come from the conditioning we received throughout our childhood and adulthood through family, peers, media, uh, our local community, etc., etc. And there is a feeling that we are molded by our experiences and that creates our identity. Mm. That there is a, um, we relinquish control of that. As a creator and as a performer, story is really vitally important to me and is something that we all have and is something that I, I would love more people to feel comfortable with sharing. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of Brené Brown when she talks about building empathy as the antidote to shame. And she talks about having the courage to share your story, but also having the compassion to hear other people's stories. What are some ways that you have been exploring this idea of reviewing your needs and your wants as you're living this nomadic life? Well, actually, what I haven't needed is the vast majority of the to-do list and what I have been able to notice and it's taken time and it takes practice is especially in, in this pandemic time and having been through a couple, you know, the, the UK lockdown, but I think globally the, the message is that we should be productive and creative and 
use that time in a constructive way, which implies that we need to ignore our nervous system and our fight, flight, freeze. I think there's a fourth now, but, um, you know, those three are pretty, pretty darn important as well. Yeah. So I noticed that. And as someone who creates and gets paid to do that, or did, (laughs) I felt that urge. I felt that should and those shoulds to be using that time. So a tip that I can offer, if that feels good in this space, is if you are a to-do list writer, because not all people are, once it's been written, you can go back through and put a little N for need next to the things of whether they tick the list of shelter, sustenance, you know, go for, you know, get a food shop, you know, that covers the sustenance uh, category. Sleep. Do you need new bedding? Do you need to replace your mattress? Do you need to, you know, do you have a sore neck? Do you need to get a better pillow? You know, that kind of thing. And connection. Are you giving time to do something that brings you joy? Mm-hmm. Even if it's just spending an hour in the morning, drinking a coffee or a you know, decaf tea and reading a book that you've wanted to read for ages. What I noticed is that the vast majority of things that I put on my list are not actually needs. They don't tick any of those categories. They are have-tos. They are um, things that I use an external filter um, that society is telling, telling me that I need to fulfill or complete or initiate. The thing that keeps coming through me, so I'm just going to say it, is that it's exhausting to create the character that people will think is okay or, um, or is, is valid to exist. Because actors don't play a character all the time. They go in and they practice in rehearsals to play that person for, let's say, two hours. And they have to go to another place. They have to go to an energetic place where they are portraying somebody else's truth that has your own truth through it for two hours. And it's exhausting. This is why, you know, you you see the kind of stylized over the top version of someone who, you know, walks into their dressing room and swishes their scarf and falls onto their chaise long and, you know, oh, I'm done. I can't, I can't <laughs> go back out. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm spent. And of course that's a joke and a parody, but you know, uh, there's a lot of truth said in jest. It is a tiring thing. So if I'm a human being and I'm doing that, you know, I'm creating a version of myself that I feel that the majority of people will deem okay and valid, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I re- and I got to re- feel that difference. 
because then once you've gone through the list and you check the things that actually tick the four categories and there may be none on there because we sacrificed those things because the have tos are much more weighted um, because we are responsible for ticking those have tos off for everybody else. So we sacrifice the basic human needs. I love this story. It's so interesting. And it's reminding me of a time where I lost my creativity. So I went from being in university. I had gone to study abroad at Ithaca College in in upstate New York. All my needs were taken care of. I had shelter. I had like a food card. I could eat whenever I wanted to. I had friends and I had this, like all my needs were met. And it enabled this safety to create. And I couldn't imagine this ever ending. I thought, this is great. This is really proving that I'm a creative person and this is where I'm, I'm growing. I can't imagine ever ending this. And then I came home and I finished my uni degree and went out into the real world and suddenly all my needs, the concern of those needs rose so much. I was struggling to make rent on a minimum wage job in a travel agency I had stresses with my partner. Suddenly all of these needs, like maintaining shelter, I had no transport, so I was walking everywhere, I had no connection because of that. And all of these needs were stripped. I didn't have the energy to write. I didn't have anyone to write with or anyone to write for. And I, I just wasn't creating. And I thought, that's it. It's gone. I've hit real world. I've lost my creativity. I feel heavy, completely weighed down everything's too much. And yet I'm treading water, going to these minimum wage jobs to maintain just this basic existence. And there's got to be more. And it wasn't until a few years later, when I got into a more steady job, I managed to lower my overheads. I moved to New Zealand into this really small town where suddenly the connection bucket started filling up again. And the food bucket, the sustenance bucket, the, um, shelter bucket started filling up again. And when those needs were met and I had a foundation of safety, my creativity came back again. I started baking and making different kinds of um, interesting cakes and designs. And I had to sort of ease into it. And baking was a safe way to do that because it wasn't lasting art. You just eat it. So it doesn't matter if you made mistakes. Mm. And it was a really hard way to learn the lesson that safety and creativity are go hand in hand. It's really hard to force your creativity in an environment of stress and self-preservation and meeting needs, right? So I connect so strongly with what you're saying. Yeah. And and the sad thing about that story is that that applies to the vast majority of the population. And it's, and it's funny because I, I don't believe that creativity goes away you know, creating or creation, like the process of making is one thing, but creativity, the concept, the abstract concept lives in us always. Because even if hardship befalls us, the times that we experienced will play a part in the creativity that manifests when we feel in a space that it's safe to do so. Yes. Because that's our story. If we're being true and present, 
in our creativity if we're actually trying to tell our story through our art or you know whatever we choose to to create then we can't leave those emotional connections behind yeah because that's the narrative we can't stop a narrative we can stop action we can be as still as we want to be but the narrative is and that person was then still yeah which in its in itself is an action we choose to stop and that is an action so this idea of of creativity going away like leaving us behind and then coming back to us when we're ready or uh, when it chooses to grace us with its presence this ethereal nature of creativity is i think one of one of the biggest insidious scams that society has played on us because we are told that our stories aren't worth it that we sacrifice our story for the sake of somebody else you know we're in a in, in any kind of relationship with someone it, it's constant sacrifice and compromise and it's not either or it can be both and that both people are in an individual space and, they, and their stories both get to be true. And, and we all do it. Like I do it all the time. I, you know, play safe or, or I convince myself that my perspective is not as important as somebody else's. And, and yeah, just that idea of I don't share my vulnerability because my vulnerability in comparison to somebody else's told through my own filter and fear will jump in there and go, well, yeah, you know, your fear isn't, isn't as big as theirs. So you shouldn't do that because that's a scary thing to do. So it kind of doubles down on itself in this kind of cognitive dissonance way. <laughs> and we, be, you know, we just travel down this spiral because, and there's no getting off the helter skelter once you're on it. You just. You mentioned before that one of the things you might tell yourself is that your voice isn't as important as someone else's. If a friend came and told you that what would you say how would you respond to that well i would uh, i would ask why you feel that if i ask the question why then i stop myself from making it about me and being in someone's tenderness and being with someone in their vulnerability is terrifying it's not easy I mean, it's actually, it's simple because it actually requires very little most of the time, but it's by like far and away one of the less easy things that one can do. Because if that, if, if you come to me and say that, and I get to ask you, why do you feel that your story is not as valuable as anybody or somebody else's, you get to tell your story. Yeah, okay. I love this idea of leaning into curiosity as a response, as a tool. So when we have this judgment and we notice this judgment that says my voice isn't as important as others, then we can lean into curiosity rather than trying to fix that or justify it or prove it or disprove it. We can say, hmm, is that true? I wonder where that's coming from. Can I find other instances of people who have had stories to tell who were maybe like me? Can I see myself in others outside of myself or 
um, can I just tell it anyway and see if it becomes something worth telling? <laughs> There's lots of ways to respond in that space, yeah? And I love your mm. idea of if you were to have this conversation with a friend asking why and practicing curiosity as your first response because you're much more likely to do that with yourself then if this is your practice to say why or tell me a little bit more or give me some context. Let me not jump to judgment. Let me not jump to a conclusion. And that's a really creative space to linger, right? Because we're starting to build new associations. We're starting to gather new information. And maybe that might open a door to see things differently. Now, you know, Paul, I could talk to you forever. And I think this is a good place for us to tie up this week conversation. There's so much good stuff in here for beginning artists, for transitioning artists, for people who are just learning to know what they're even curious about and how they're creative when they're starting to learn. I would love to invite you to share anything else that you wanted to say that maybe we didn't get round to and also where people can find you to watch this progression, to watch this transition and see all this cool stuff you're creating because as we've heard, you've got a lot to offer and I know there's more coming. Yeah, if I, if I speak to, to that in terms of uh, beginning uh, beginner artists um, and transitioning artists, and, you know, established artists, like people who are managing to make some money from it, that curiosity is not an answer. Curiosity is a, is a journey, is, is not the destination. Money is not the destination. Creativity is the process. It's not about getting anywhere. I haven't spoken to many artists who are happy with their output. There's always more, because that's what we're told, more and more and more. We get better and better and better. But that means we're just constantly in the future. We're not in the present. And that means we're trying to tell a story that isn't ours yet. So if people want to follow me on Instagram, uh, they can. I'm sure that you would put my account handle in the notes. Totally. And I also have started a YouTube channel which uh, at the moment is around streamlining. So you could read that as minimalism and decluttering, but I don't like either of those words. So streamlining with self-care and what I'm calling eco-swaptions. So ways <laughs> in which we can make our lives greener with much more consideration of our impact on the earth. Paul Socket YouTube channel and the Instagram handle will be in the notes. Yes. I love this new creativity because creativity is all about new and useful things right and you are providing information and lessons and learnings that you're going through as you experience this process to create new and useful ways of approaching living which is awesome so good thank you so much paul this has been super fun super fun thank you for having me thank you for listening to the creativity reflections podcast if you would like to invest in your creativity, magnify your voice and overcome some of those blocks that are keeping you stuck, check out my website, creativityreflector.com.